This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hats open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. Bottom. Bottom. Hey, it's me. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, bitches. We are live. Two weeks in a row, we are live. That is if you're listening live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, December 4th, 2021, here at DNRstudios.com and the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, leave us your ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Email me your cock at adam at adamsank.com. Call and speak to us live right now on the Ass Hotline, 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Hey, like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, uh, I discovered this week, I was looking at some statistics, and it turns out that, like, I don't know, like 4,000 people follow the Adam Sank Show Facebook page, and of those people, like 30 of them follow me on Instagram. Shade. I have an Instagram. It's Adam Sank. So if you follow me anywhere, follow me on there. That's like what the kids are doing these days. They're not doing fucking Facebook anymore. Uh, like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your ass merchandise, makes great stocking stuffer, lots of fun masks. You can get a mask that says, this is fuckery. All of that's available at adamsank.com. Please get vaccinated if you haven't already done so. The Omicron variant is coming to kill you. Our guest today is uh, one of my favorite people. She's I call her the mother of all stand-up comics. Robin Fox will be joining us a little later for the first time since 2018 when she uh, made her debut on the show. But first, it's time to introduce my co-host. And even though I thought Ryan Frostig would be here this week, it turns out he can't read a calendar. Ass open your win. So, in his place, I'm thrilled to report the return of uh, one of my favorite people, one of my best friends, a great co-host, someone who apparently has not co-hosted in two years, Mr. Esteban Chafaro Medina, a.k.a. Steve Cesaro. Hello, everybody. How's my pronunciation, Steve? It's really good. You know, your Spanish has gotten better as, as we've uh, gotten closer. Your Spanish has really gotten better. I'm so <laughs> glad. It's all those Latin guys I've had sex with. Uh, Steve actually took the train in from somewhere to I be did. here with us today. Where, where were you at? Your little cabin? I was in my little cabin in the woods up in Millerton, New York. Uh, Adam, you've been there before. and you've I have. It's very charming. And uh, you're up there with your husband, Lane. Yes, my husband, Lane, who says hello. We are avid listeners of the pod. Yes, you're devoted ass listeners. And 
uh, Lane, if you're listening, you will not hear a dog today. I left her at home <laughs> in honor of your husband being on the show. I know how much it bothers you. Um, also with us, as always, is the queen of fuckery, Mr. J.B. Bercy. Hello. Hello, people. Hi. How are you? Uh, JB was uh, stressed out as always because the other shows that use this studio insist on fucking with the equipment every single time, and we have to redo everything every Saturday. You know, I just I just want to come in on a Saturday and have a good same girl show same because like, you know the reason we got this new board is to save settings so we don't have to go through this process every goddamn fucking week. Well, every single time they fuck me in the ass and not the way I like it. <laughs> same sis. Um, what else to tell you people? Well, we are live again this week. We were live last week and then we're off, meaning not in the studio recording until 2022. Gone forever. Don't call us. Not forever. But I know you're thinking, oh, great. That's weeks and weeks of bullshit. It's not. We have so many great episodes coming up. For instance, next week, you can look forward to a brand new episode with RuPaul's Drag Race contestant, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. La Cuca. (laughs) The following Saturday, which is Christmas Day, it'll be our annual Christmas special with exclusive musical performances and co-hosted by Mr. Steve Cesaro. Hello again. The Saturday after that, which is New Year's Day, will be our Best of 2021 special, also co-hosted by Steve Cesaro. You're basically just moving in with us, Steve. You know, I've I've wanted to for such a long time. I'm just so happy to be back. I thought, why not three weeks in a row? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see Ryan again, but uh, perhaps in January. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, I need to thank Gail, our beloved listener, for sending us not only uh, delicious candy, but homemade ornaments. Um, One for me, one for Ryan, one for JB, and one for my boyfriend, Patrick. Aww. How sweet is that? So sweet. And on the car, on the envelope of the card, she wrote, "This had to come early due to my knee surgery, which you whores will probably all need too." <laughs> Love her. Yes, Gail's recovering from knee surgery. We wish her the very best and a quick and uh, speedy recovery. Can I just say, every yes, year, please. Gail gives us ornaments, and I love it. Mm. I personally Aww. love it. I put it on my keychain because I've got a tree. We'll get a tree. Get a tree. And then we're gonna talk about that. Get one a little fake it. tree. Fair enough. Get like a, a one foot fake tree. It's it's nice. It lights up the house. You Put can even get the Charlie it. Brown tree and just like you know. <laughs> <So> my sister's <laughs> doing this here. Stick it on your radiator exactly. so it doesn't burn that apartment down. <laughs> I like these idea. I might do that. <laughs> also, I am an early recipient of the Derek and Romaine crate, but I am not allowed to discuss it, disclose it, photograph it, or post about it. They were very clear. Um, all I can say is those of you who have ordered the crate are going to be very happy. So let's get into recommended viewing, and um, I'm going to recommend a show that I've probably already recommended in the past. I just am currently re-watching the entire series from start to finish, probably my third or fourth time. It's Mad Men. Oh, sorry, the Gale Bumper. Hit it. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks. Thank you, Gail. Um, so, yes, Mad Men, I still think, is one of the greatest shows of all time. Just tremendous storytelling, attention to detail, the costumes, the sets, the historical events that they incorporate into the drama. It's sexy. It's uh, provocative. It it really makes you think. And my only complaint about Mad Men is that it is currently streaming on IMDb TV, to which I don't have a subscription. Is so I have thing? to. I, yes. Wow. It's like part of Amazon Prime. Like it's connected somehow. But it's I have to also watch on the new TVs because I got when I moved to my new apartment, I got a Fire TV, and that came with IMDb TV. Uh-huh. 
No. But so there's commercials that play a lot. And in particular, there is a commercial for an HIV drug called Devato. Oh, my God. Right. With a guy named Alfonso. I've been seeing it all the time. I am so fucking sick of Alfonso. And I know <laughs> that they're only advertising this on my TV and my computer because they know I'm HIV positive. Uh, and Alfonso, he's a black man with, like, brother locks. But for parts of the commercial, he's got them done up in this gigantic thing on top of his head like Marge Simpson and it's it makes me violent. I don't I can't explain to you <laughs> how ridiculous he looks and he it's just an annoying commercial that takes like 4 minutes to play out. Um but speaking of HIV commercials, Hello. S- Steve starred in one. I did. I am one of the spokesperson and one of the main spokesmen uh for the Latino community for Discovy for Prep. Um I can't really say too much about it aside, aside from that because the FDA does uh regulate what I say. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you're not on prep, you should totally get on it, if, especially if you're open and uh, if, uh, you know, you're, you're a whore. Lots of sex. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Steve. So anyway, watch Mad Men, but pay for a subscription to IMDb TV so you don't have to look at Alfonso every night. Uh, JB, uh, rec- oh, you're still chewing. How about you do your recommendation, Steve? Sure. So uh, one of the great things that is happening here in New York City is Broadway is back. So if you're listening from far away, come and see a Broadway show. And if you're here in New York City, you know, come see a great show uh, called Thoughts of a Colored Man. Uh, it's a show that has been making history nightly. It is a show that has a Broadway director, Broadway ca- uh, sorry, they are Broadway, though. Uh, black director, black cast, black designer. Um, and it is one of the first shows that the majority of the audience is 50% people of color. So don't let the title scare you. It is enjoyable by all colors of the rainbow. Um, and uh, just a little plug for my husband and congratulations. He is the executive producer and the general manager of that show. Um, it is excellent. And, uh, you know, I think for you guys in the studio, JB, uh, Adam, Patrick, I'm dying to Ryan, see it. If you want to see it, um, I will get you some tickets via my husband and uh, enjoy the show. Let's so make do sure it. Uh, Steve's husband, Lane, got me my ticket to the last Broadway musical I watched before the shutdown, which was Diana. Yes. And uh, I'm so grateful that he did because, you know, I always remember that show as being like the last time I was in a theater until three weeks ago when I went to see Carolina Change. You know, I really love that show, Diana. And, you know, it's it's uh, had an interesting life on netflix yes um but uh i went to go to the opening uh, to go support my husband he's also the general manager of that show and i forgot how much i really just enjoyed the live i enjoyed it too i think it's fun the costumes performances are great the costumes are incredible yeah all right jb do you have a recommendation of some obscure thing that is going to be impossible (laughs) for people to find on their tv first of all everything i recommended was usually found on netflix and on crunchyroll but um, or HBO Max because I did rem- uh, recommend <clears throat> Titans and other shows. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I started okay, so I've watched a show called One Day Out of Time, and I took a break for it. Oh, right. right. I didn't see the third season. I watched the third season. I really enjoyed it. It made me cry. So if you ever feel like crying, like a happy cry, watch One Day Out of Time on Netflix. And don't forget the original One Day at a Time, which aired in the seventies was an 80s was one of my favorite shows and we've had glenn scarpelli who was on that show and i think makes cameos on the on the reboot um several times he's a friend of mine so i have yet to watch the reboot and there's so many great people on it i love justino machado i love rita moreno like i really should be watching they're all good do you like it steve 
I know, but I've been hearing a lot about it. And now that you've reminded me, I should. I should yeah, watch it. let's watch it together. Let's, watch it. let's do it. While we jerk each other off. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of jerking off, um, we're going to begin this week with the Jesse Smollett trial, which is finally mm-hmm. underway. And I've been following this story all week. There, there, new information and details are coming out. And the most recent report I saw was yesterday on Queer Tea. <clears throat> Sorry. On QueerTea.com. This is not COVID, I promise you. Let me just drink some coffee. <laughs> He's had COVID, uh, everybody. <clears throat> so just reminding you that he is not sick. It's just a cold. <clears throat> Please don't die. Okay. <laughs> so Smollett, uh, once again, claims he was beaten up by two men in masks. Um, but the men who actually took part in the attack, who have admitted to it, are friends of his. These Nigerian brothers, Abel and Ola Osendero, who say the entire thing was staged and initiated by Smollett. So basically Smollett's on trial for um, staging uh, hate crime, making a false police report, etc. Both brothers took the stand this past week uh, and Abel gave four hours of testimony, followed by uh, his brother Ola um, – Smollett's attorneys have suggested that Ola was partly motivated to take part in the attack because he's homophobic. They point to social media posts on the brothers' phones, which they say contain homophobic language, including a reference to gay men as fruits. Fruit doesn't bother me so much. Um, The defense claims the brothers are sophisticated criminals who set the attack up after pretending to befriend Smollett. The brothers deny this, saying the whole thing was the actor's idea. Here are some key points from the brothers' testimony over the last couple of days. Hold on to your hats here. Ola denies the defense team's claim that he's homophobic, pointing to the fact that he worked as a bouncer at a gay club in Boys Town, which is the, the gayborhood in Chicago, from 2015 to 2018. He also brought a photo of himself at Chicago Pride in 2015, where he was dressed as a Trojan warrior giving out condoms and flexing his muscles for the crowd. I have no hate for anybody, he told the jury. Meanwhile, Smollett's team claims that Abel was having a sexual relationship with Smollett. Abel has denied this, though he admits to acting as a middleman in helping to get drugs, weed, cocaine, and molly for Smollett, and that the two men had visited strip clubs and a Chicago bathhouse together. Smollett's defense team asked Abel, when did you and Jussie start dating? And if he remembered the time he and Smollett, quote, masturbated in a bathhouse together. (sighs) Abel replied, what? We were never dating, saying he simply wanted to befriend Smollett by hanging out with him. Smollett's team asked Abel if he was using the sexual tension between him and Smollett to further his career. Abel said he wasn't aware of any sexual tension. He said he's not gay, and Smollett had never initiated any sexual contact with him. When asked why he agreed to take part in the alleged faked, the allegedly faked attack, he replied, we were friends. The brothers say Smollett came up with the idea for the hate crime, and they went along with it because they, never, they felt like they owed him and wanted to continue to curry favor with him. They said that Smollett had helped Abel get a walk-on part in Empire, and he'd picked up the tab when they'd partied together. <clears throat> the brothers alleged Smollett just wanted to influence producers of Empire. The actor received a piece of hate mail, which he felt the producers had not taken seriously. I forgot this part of the story. They thought Smollett was also staging it for media purposes and said they had no idea he was going to report it as a hate crime to police. Um, Ola says the plan was for him to pour bleach over Smollett and put a noose around his neck and for his brother Abel to fake punch the actor. 
He said the initial plan was to use gasoline, but Smollett dismissed the idea as too extreme. He wanted us to say, aren't you that empire effing N-word? And this is MAGA country, Ola testified. He pretty much said he wanted to be bruised up so it looked like he was in a real fight. The jury was also shown videotape, allegedly uh, security video, allegedly showing Smollett and the two brothers the day before the attack going through a dry run. So there's a lot to unpack here. Wow. I don't know what's more shocking, either the dry run or the bathhouse. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, hopefully they used lube when they were jerking off in the bathhouse, so it wasn't a dry run, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. I don't know. What do you think? What do you believe happened? I think it's all true. I think it's all staged. It's just, it, you know, people are so wanting attention, especially when it's either waning or they're on a TV show and they want the next best press hit. It's just interesting that he would go to such an extreme thing to do to get that press. But, you know, I mean, actors are very needy people. I am an actor, by the way, so I can say that about and myself. And not always the brightest. <laughs> not always the brightest. I can also say that about myself. But um, it, it, I just don't understand why he would choose something that was such a hot topic that in the end, or he didn't think it through that in the end would just make him seem like a, you know, a very self hating type of person. Like why? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Jesse's kind of pulling a Donald Trump here, which is that he, he lied. And rather than admit the lie, he's just digging in. He yeah. will never admit that this was staged. Um, you know, I don't know if the sex, sexual relationship part or the jerking off together was true, but it seems to me that if your team is arguing that one of the brothers had a sexual relationship with Smollett and the other one uh, that, and that the other one is homophobic and hates gays, you're sort of at cross purposes. Yeah. Like, come up with a co- cogent argument. Either they did this because they were homophobic and they wanted to hurt Jesse and hurt gay people, or they did it because they were paid to do it and it was staged. It can't be both. No. There's also this really interesting um, special I was listening to about NPR about when people lie and then they believe the lie and then the lie becomes so true they actually don't know what the truth is. So I'm wondering if he's so into this lie and this story that he's created is he actually doesn't know what happened anymore and he's just living this lie because he has to and there's no other choice. The other thing that's come out in in this latest um, trial in the courtroom is that Police wanted to take a DNA sample from Jussie because that's what happens when you're the victim of a crime. They take your DNA so they can separate it from other DNA found at the scene. And he refused. And he refused to reveal his medical records and he refused to turn over his phone records. And then when he did, they were heavily redacted. So an innocent person, a victim of a hate crime, does not do that. An innocent person generally cooperates with police. Otherwise, why go to police in the first place? If If you don't trust them, then don't, you know. It's all so sad and fucked up, and I can't believe it's been going on for like three years now. <laughs> I think it deserves its own bumper. I think it's, it's time. Well, it's going to make a great movie right? someday. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Michigan, a bisexual teacher, a man, has resigned after being forced to take down his pride flag. Aww. He taught phys ed and health, and what happened was he and other educators at the school were told by the administration to take down any pride flags hanging in their classrooms this was at the Three Rivers Community School in Three Rivers, Michigan. Um, the district claims they received an external challenge about the flags. In a TikTok video, the phys ed teacher, Russell Ball, said he had resigned from the school. Uh, he said, I was not going to be an active participant in the suppression 
and oppression of an already marginalized group that I'm part of. Um, the pride flag stands for love, inclusion, and equality, something that should be present in every classroom across the country. He adds that regardless of sexual orientation, he wants students to know you belong in the world. The interim superintendent, Nikki Nash, who's also going to be competing on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I'm just kidding, but doesn't it sound like a drag name? <laughs> Nikki Nash. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, she said in an emailed statement, this is an ongoing situation. We continue to work with the district's legal team, uh, legal firm and board of ed to ensure we are providing a safe learning environment for all students. In other bisexual news, Google came out with an LGBTQ glossary oh, right. of important terms that everyone should know about the LGBTQ community, but they left out one word, bisexual. <laughs> Some of the words they included in the glossary are black queer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's black queer people. Any idea, JB? Black queer? Sis, no. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. <laughs> and it's like, what? Black queer. I, I kind of like it as a name. Um, pup play is included. This is uh, when uh, BDSM role play where people dress up as dogs. Patrick's got some friends who are really into pup play. Um, but they left out bisexual. So they added all of those other new definitions and things that are relatively recent. And bisexual isn't new, but they decided to leave out bisexual. They didn't decide to. They just fucked up, I think. Um, the list had 100 words and phrases that were comprised uh, apparently by queer people. Um, and so then they put out a statement that said, recently, we launched the LGBTQ language and media literacy program. We left out some terms and phrases at launch, bisexual, for example, that should have been included from the very beginning. We are keenly aware of bi erasure and the persistent confusion around bisexual identity. We are very sorry we didn't include it. Um, here's the part of the story that really stands out to me. A study released last year showed that 5.6% of American adults say, are, say they are part of the LGBTQ community in general. Half of those people identify as bisexual. Really? Half of all people identifying as LGBTQ are bisexual, according to this study. You know what? I wonder if it's because of the spectrum. Like, uh, let's take our good friend Ryan, for example, where he wants to have sex with a woman. Doesn't mean well, he's bisexual, but he I think, he does. <laughs> you know, the spectrum of what, what you're on. I'm gay, but, you know, I've had sex with a woman before. So does that make me a part of that 50 percent? I no. hope not. But, you know, <laughs> you're as gay as fuck. I am pretty gay. Um, but I wonder if that's if, what what is the definition Bottom. of being? Yes. Hello. <laughs> uh, being a part of the LGBTQ community. And what does it mean to be a part of that 50 percent defined as bi? Yeah. But we also have to remember how many women there are out there who may present as straight, but actually identify as bi. A lot of my female friends actually are, I would say, are somewhere on the bi spectrum. Yeah. Interestingly. We had Veronica Mosey on the show this past year. You, you, you guys will hear her again in the Chicks We Love special. But um, she very casually sort of came out as bi on the show. She was like, oh, yeah, I prefer lesbian porn. And huh. she's married to a man. You know, she's not gay. She doesn't live as gay. But she's like, yeah, I guess I'm bi. Oh, it's so not an issue for them, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a big deal for a guy to admit that he's bi. But there are probably tons of them out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So um, anyway, Google has some uh, work to do. Um, I mean, it's a nice effort. It's, I'm glad they tried. 
but like you're literally leaving out one of the letters in uh, LGBTQ. <laughs> it was probably an intern, you know, getting the final pass on whatever the document was going to be coming out that decided, you know, everything is fine. He didn't really look at it. And because bi is part of the LGBTQ, of you know, the acronym that he thought it was included in, it just wasn't. Maybe that's what it was. I uh, Maybe they thought it stood for bestiality. <laughs> um, here's some sad news that... Um, about a place we've talked about on the show, Swinging Richards, which is a legendary Atlanta male strip club, is closing after 30 years. In an Instagram message, uh, the uh, the owner said, we want to thank the countless people who have come <laughs> and have been entertained by your boys over the years. Um, oh, this was not, this was not the owner. This was a customer. You have all meant the world to us for giving so much support over the last three decades. I can't figure out who wrote this. Our boys will miss your friendships, your kindness, your participation. And as we prepare to bring this landmark to an end, please, friends past and present, come by over the next few weekends and visit with us one last time. Um, They're closing on January 15th, 2022. Um, You know, over the last two years, the global pandemic have forced the closure of countless gay bars and clubs as well as straight establishments. Um, the lockdown in Atlanta was a lot less stringent than it was here and in some other cities, but it was apparently enough to to hurt uh, business. The Atlanta Eagle closed its doors back in 2020. Um, Swinging Richards uh, was the subject of a documentary called All Male, All Nude in 2017. And the very first episode of The Ass, we interviewed the director of that film, Gerald McCulloch, who's a hot daddy gay actor and filmmaker. And uh, yeah, so I'm sad. um, And I'm sure he is too, because he got to know those boys when he was, those men, when he was making the documentary. Um, In 2011, Swinging Richards expanded to Miami, first with a location on North Miami Beach, then they moved from that location to Pompano Beach. Uh, that location closed in 2015. I just got why it's called Swinging Richards. Really? D- Swinging Dicks. Swinging Dicks. Mm-hmm. I'm a little slow sometimes. Welcome to the day. <laughs> you know what's so sad about the pandemic is all of these classic bars, classic, I mean, you know. Can you swallow before you make your point, please? Sorry. <laughs> I know you like swallowing. <laughs> I have a bagel in my mouth. Um What's interesting to me is that all the all these bars that have been around forever, like you know, Saloon or um, what, Theory, Therapy, or, and Garage, yeah, they've all closed down, and it's so sad that the pandemic, you know, it seemed to enable the newer bars, but the older bars that have just been around that we always thought would be around are gone. Yeah, especially here in New York City, the Eagle has still made it, and they've actually expanded. Thank but God. Other than that, right? They've all gone. Yeah, I mean, this has just been such a time of loss in so many different spheres. I mean, the, the worst of which is the human loss that people have actually died yeah. and lost family members. But, um, but yeah, like some of my favorite, pl- even like my falafel place in hell's kitchen, I went there every single day for lunch. That's now gone wow. because of the pandemic and nothing has replaced it. It's just an empty, yeah. it's an empty hole, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see people walking around outside though. I was just coming from the train station. We're packed. I it's mean- true. The bagel place this morning was super busy with tourists and they were listening to, to listen to the bougie bagel that Steve wanted. Steve ordered <laughs> via text a whole wheat everything bagel with tomato, capers, and low-fat scallion 
No, I'm sorry. Low-fat lox cream cheese. <laughs> it's delicious. I was embarrassed ordering that. <laughs> I wouldn't be. And let no. me just give you my... Go ahead, Jibby. It's nice not being the person made fun of for bagels. So, Steve, well, I thank you. Well, for, you're welcome. for once, his, his one's the most expensive. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. No, but, but uh, <laughs> let me just give you my little lecture about low-fat. Oh, God. Low-fat is bullshit. Oh, yeah, I know that. When they take out the fat, they replace it with either sugar or carbs, which is the thing that actually makes you gain weight, if that's what you're concerned with. So never order low fat. I, I have full gained, fat. <laughs> I have gained some weight during COVID, which I have decided in January will all go back down to my twinkish days. Um, so I figured I would start with low fat, but I guess we'll go to full fat. Full fat, but don't eat, you're better off eating the full fat cream cheese and no bagel. You know what? I Just I, have the <laughs> tomatoes and the caper and the cream cheese and you're all set. That sounds delicious. I have all the, uh, considered doing your veganism, vegetarianism, because mm. those uh, uh, soy curl fajitas that you made for me. Fucking delicious. They're so good. I know. Even though you forgot you made them for me, but it's, it's okay. It was a delicious <laughs> dinner anyway. He makes the best vegan fajitas. Oh my like, God, so They're good. so good. I Thank you. Like, oh. I just I'm, want you to. I'm blushing by all this uh, <laughs> complimentary talk. Um, all right. I want to move on to a story that I actually saw in the New York Times um, about someone I'd never heard of, but. Probably should have. And the headline was, Pioneering Gay Pornographer Dies at 85. So this is a story about a guy named Wakefield Poole. And one night in the early 70s, he went to see a, a gay porn movie in one of the old porno theaters in New York City. The movie was called Highway Hustler. And it was at this theater in Times Square. And he was like he, he he said to his friends afterwards this is the worst ugliest movie i've ever seen somebody ought to be able to do something better he just thought it was degrading and ugly and poor quality and ridiculous and so armed with a 16 millimeter bolex camera he went to fire island pines and he created his own pornographic movie called boys in the sand which was a takeoff on boys in the band which had just come out a couple years before on stage, and then the 1971 film had come out. Um, and the movie is very artsy. It's shot real. I mean, it's low budget, you can tell, but it's shot really beautifully. The guys are super hot. And I was looking for some audio from it that we could play. And, you know, whenever we play porn audio on this show, it basically always sounds like this. Uh. You know, they all sound the same. So it was just going to be like a joke. Like, here's a clip. But actually, there is no natural sound audio in the film. It was basically a silent film. And at some point, Wakefield Poole created a director's cut where he walked us through the movie and, and showed us, you know, told us things about, you know how director's oh, cut nice, works. Yeah. So anyway, here's a little bit of the director's cut, which is available on X videos. Listen to this. And uh, he still has his necklace around the neck. <clears throat> Usually, I find it uh, very disconcerting with, for people to have jewelry on. Of course, he has a cock ring on, too, which was uh, very unique for that time. Um, I mean, they were in use by uh, a few people, but they certainly hadn't been used in a movie before. So uh, it was quite provocative, and a lot of people talked about the cock rings. When Boys in the Sand opened at the 55th Street Playhouse, it became the talk of the town. Uh, the sex it portrayed between Adonic men frolicking in the pines came across to viewers as blissful and guilt-free. Soon, celebrities like Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli, Rudolf Nureyev, and Halston were lining up to see it. Now, remember, wow. Deep Throat hadn't come out yet. This was Deep Throat before Deep Throat. Huh. 
in the sense that it was a porno film that was made respectable. It was treated as an art film and, and supported by celebrities. Um, and he really changed the game for gay porn. Um, he later became a cocaine addict, survived the AIDS crisis, and died... Sorry, I can't find the, the line. I think he died in like a like a nursing home. Oh. Um, but he lived to a ripe old age. He was born in uh, in 1936 in Salisbury, North Carolina. So we salute you, Wakefield Pool, for changing the game on gay porn and making it uh, beautiful. Yeah. I wonder what do you think about OnlyFans and Juster fans and you know all those uh, self-made porn stars now? Uh, I'm sorry, my guest is texting me for the fifth time. Oh. I, I need to stay in my in the confirmation email. Like I can't text with you once the show has started. Doing a live show, okay. Um, finally, I think this is the last story we're going to do before we talk to our guest. Channing Tatum will be returning for Magic Mike Three. Ah, great! I'm glad you said three because the thing is, says two. I, I know I fucked already. it up. Yeah. I, was like, um, I remember XL, and it will be direct. <laughs> And it will be directed by Steven Soderbergh, who directed the uh, the first one. The first one was amazing. Yeah. The second great. one was fucking piece of shit. I mean, honestly, I what can you expect? It was a movie about hot guys shaking their junk. I'm down right. for it. Like I expected all the movies to be piece of shit. Just I'm there for the hot guys, Chan Tatum. And he's big, and he's beefy, yeah. and he's got that oh. beautiful smile. I love him. Right? He's like my ideal. What's up, my face? So badly. <laughs> like, that's just the perfect seat. That cute little on his butt. <laughs> Soderbergh says he was directly inspired to make a third film when he saw Magic Mike Live, the spinoff show that premiered in London in 2018. He said, as soon as I saw what Channing, Reed, and the Magic Mike choreographic team did with the live show, I said, we have to make another movie. Um, I guess Lane is the who's Mike Lane? I'm sorry, I didn't prepare. <laughs> Basically, Channing Tatum's coming back, and I'm happy about it. He's gonna be shaking his dick at the camera. Did you ever see the live show? No, tell me about it. Oh my god, it's so good. So I went when I was in Vegas with my husband, and of course we were the only men in a sea of women in the mm -hmm. show, which is way off the strip, probably like 20 minutes off the Vegas strip. Um, it's actually, I believe, in the original strip, not the new one. Um, and it was great. Like the production was good. The dancers were fabulous. The bodies were great. And I mean, I know it is what it is, and, it, and it, it's just you know a visual sort of thing for women, but. Lane and I sat at the bar, and we just really enjoyed the spectacle of it all. And it was done really well. And Channing Tatum was on stage? No, no, no. He, I mean, he hired other people that obviously were of his type and that kind of thing. But it, it had men and it had women, and it had this amazing sexy number where a guy and a girl were dancing. They come in from the ceiling, and it's raining, and they have this, like, sexy rain sex dance sort of mm. situation. It's great. It was really good. You know, when we were doing the story about Swinging Richards, I was going to say, I'm not really into male strip clubs or even male strippers I, no. I i i find them kind of boring and i don't like the idea of having to tip people to get their sexual attention agreed but i do love great dancing same and Once. seeing hot guys who can really dance their ass off is yes. amazing have you seen moulin rouge i have oh those men and those women and that dance. very sexy amazing. all right is our guest ready i hope so our guest today is making her triumphant return to the ass. She has won multiple comedy competitions and has been seen on Nick Mom Night Out. She is the mother of all stand-up comics. Here's a taste of the comedy stylings of Robin Fox.
ever get naked in front of another human being? When I get out of the shower now and look into the mirror, I try not to make eye contact. I don't even want to look. Why would I want you to look? I don't want to look. Because I'm at that age now where I have to lift up parts of my body to wash parts of my body. Could I put you through that? No, that's how much I care about you. And please give a warm-ass welcome to Robin Fox. Adam, hi. Thanks for having me. Robin. Robin, you've been texting me repeatedly throughout a live show as I'm trying to go through stories. Why would it be any different than I always am annoying you? No, I thought I thought it was to one of your um, you know, producers. I apologize. No, it's Sorry. fine, baby. I'm I'm thrilled that you're on the show. I'm thrilled to hear from you. Um, I've been thinking about you. Uh, really? Well, I imagine that the last two years have been pretty hard for you as someone who makes her living as a live performer, particularly someone who does tons of corporate gigs. Like, yeah, it's been, it's been what's horrible. been happening? I, they, I, I was put on the bench without asking, being asked, and I was just, uh, at first I liked it. At first it was like, oh, so this is what a weekend's like. Oh, so this, you know, it was just nice. I was watching, you know, the Channel 13 Saturday Night at the Movies, because <laughs> uh, I'm old now. But I... Uh, I liked it. And then it got just like I'd say about six months ago, it got very depressing because I just, I felt very cut off from everything and everything I loved. You know, comedy, anybody's job, anybody's job is a big part of your social, you know, your socialization. I'm not even talking about your social, everybody got rid of their social life during this uh, pandemic, but to lose, you know, also your, your, your employment was, you know, it was hard, and I was writing jokes still, but like for who? The dog? It was just very hard. <laughs> the dog doesn't like my humor, by the way. How how, how much of, of the business has come back? Not, not you know, it's, the bar shows are back in the city, and some of the club shows are back. But the corporate, um, I'm doing a couple of Christmas parties. Uh, uh, the people have wanted me to do some, you know, private parties. I've really shied away from them, especially... I moved down to the Jersey Shore, and uh, I apologize to anybody who lives down here, but it's very um, – there's a lot of anti-vaxxers and crazy people down here. <sighs> and uh, so I really – yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I didn't want to do these privates because there was no way of knowing, you know, how infectious it could be. So I, I turned them down. But it's been pretty awful, Adam. Yeah, I'm working on a one-woman show because what else am I going to do? Fabulous. And uh, – yeah, and uh, you know, looking up divorce lawyers, things like that keep me busy. <laughs> How are things with uh, with Wolfie, your <laughs> beloved Wolfie? They're okay. It's it's he's an introvert, so this this was you know introverts of the world and dogs were the two people, the two groups of people of things, excuse me, that really you know enjoyed. They had the a great pandemic. time. Yeah, yeah. He had an excuse not to look like a sociopath, you know, for never leaving the house. Now he could say, oh, you know, there's a pandemic, I'm not leaving, but he never left anyway. How's the sex happened. life? Uh, oh, it's fabulous. Uh, you know, from the chandeliers every day, of course. No, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I, I, the, the good old days, you know, where, you know, he'd be impotent and I'd be, you know, you know, uh, a rock shopping. in front of the cave. Well, yeah. rock and, shopping or rock in front of the cave. But yeah, we're okay. Your, uh, your comic persona has always been sort of that of a kvetch. You know, you're and my regular persona and your regular persona. (laughs) You're you're a married suburban mom who complains about everything. And so I found it I found it very interesting that for the month of November, you observed 30 days of gratitude and almost killed me. (laughs) 
so against your nature. And you posted each day on Facebook about the gratitude. Why did you launch this exercise and what did you learn from doing that? Oh, God, the scatterworms. Well, okay. Um, I, I'm a member of a 12-step program. So that's how, that, you know, and um, they always say that um, a grateful heart does not hunger. And um, in this 12-step program, I'm a food addict. I'm, I've got um, a binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, my sponsee uh, told me that every November she does this gratitude thing on Facebook. And I said, oh, that sounds interesting. She says, you should try it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So it was kind of a challenge. And this girl is like amazing that I work with because uh, she has muscular dystrophy and she was wheelchair bound, you know, wheelchair bound for the muscular dystrophy, but also needed to be on an air ventilator because she her diaphragm wasn't working to breathe. I mean, and weighed over 350 pounds. And uh, she's had a year of recovery. No longer needs the vent, the, the the air thing to breathe. Uh, she's lost over 100 pounds. I mean, it's a miracle. You know, it's, we're better together when people. When one addict helps another, it becomes quite amazing. Right. And I've, my, I've witnessed a miracle. And uh, so I felt very grateful. And it was hard, though, Adam, to come up with. The last, you know, it, it's a generator. At the end, I did tweezers. I mean, I did not I started running out of things. But I do but think it's I, an important exercise because we all, no matter what our situation is, we all f- focus on everything that's wrong, everything that's stressing us out, everything that's troubling us. And we don't spend enough time just going like, oh, I have food to eat today. I have a roof over my head. I have um, someone who loves me. I, you know, there's someone in my family that, that cares about me. These are all things that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people don't. And then if you read the very last um, entry was, if to, if to take it a step further, if you, you know, it's nice to say, you know, I'm grateful. Thank God I have this, I have that. But real gratitude is that it would bother you that somebody doesn't have it. Right. You know, that if, if I'm grateful that I have clean water to drink every day, you know, right out of my tap, I don't have to walk 10 miles to go get it. Like a great many of people, millions of people in this world have to do. Maybe I should like look into helping somebody and doing something, you know, to show that gratitude. Right. And, uh, you know, and so December, my challenge is to to at least, you know, every week do some kind of, you know, thing that is important. You know, I, not just December, it should be all year round. But um, how lovely, I'm, I'm, though. Now, yeah, why do I important. think why do I think that while you're doing this, you're also writing jokes about this that you're going to perform on stage? I don't know. They have, you know, it's funny. I got very, very dry with my writing, and then I got I did two and your shows vagina. this week, and my vagina. Oh yes, absolutely. Although I have to, I'm in the Shade. wrong one. Know the room of it. There, no, there is. A, it's, I'm in the wrong room. I was going to talk about something that I use for my vagina, but I'm in the wrong room for this. No, but anyway, please tell I, us. Oh, KY beads. They're the most incredible thing ever invented. Hmm. It's like a little egg and you put it in there and it's like watering a cactus. <laughs> My co-host Steve's eyes just lit up because he's thinking about whether this would work in your, uh, in your anus. Oh, would it? It, it, I, I, you know what? I would dare say yes. I think it would. Wow. Beads. And, uh, wow. and, you know, and I've told a few people about it. It's like a little egg. I told a few. Do you know Sandra Ellers? No. Oh, well, she's a comic. I told her about them when she came to visit me and she went and got, they're hard to get. You got to order them on Amazon or like, you know, stalk Drain Reed, you know, until they get them because the women just buy them up like nuts. But she called me up and she, she's, she's, I pick up the phone, I hear, oh, sweet mystery of life. At last I found you. She's like, <laughs> because of her moist <laughs> vagina? 
Because her, she's like, vagina hasn't gotten a, it's like, a, like a, you know, like a parched man walking through the desert for, you know, a month. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm yeah, definitely going to try amazing. this for my ass. Yes, you should try it. Let me know. I want to hear back. <laughs> Robin, when I met you, uh, which was so long you ago just, now. You were just a little embryo, Adam. I, I was in my early 30s. You were in your early 40s. And you were the mother of two teenagers. Um, and a lot of your material was about that. Your material was about being a suburban mom with two with two kids that were still yeah. in the house. Now your kids are all grown up. I see that Aaron is getting married. Yes. He's beautiful, by the way. Both your kids turned out so beautiful. Oh, thank you. But have thank you... you? Yeah, I had nothing to do with it, but thank you. <laughs> but have you had to adjust your stand-up? Because you can't talk about your teenage kids anymore oh, when they're not teenagers anymore. Well, here you go. Here you go. Well, you know you're getting old when you lie about your kids' ages, okay? That's how you know you're old. <laughs> I mean, you know, my son was in high school for like, you know, after he was out of college. But, um, and I learned that from Joey Cola, because Joey Cola used to have his kids be in school in preschool. And he was like, you know, kid was out of college already. But no, now I, um, I've, I've, I've elevated it. But when I do do like girls' night outs with like a lot of women, I'll say, listen, I know how it was when my son was in fifth grade and then I'll do the fifth grade joke. But um, so you can adjust. But um, and then like sometimes you don't like, you know, I have about a good 15 minutes of my act that was about my elderly mother who passed away uh, a year ago. Yes. And uh, she's still alive in my act. She's as alive <laughs> as she ever was. I mean, seriously, she's she's never dying because the jokes are too frigging good. Well, that's but, the... That's the nice thing about stand-up. Stand-up's not journalism. It doesn't have to be true. Yeah, unless you get somebody who wants to cancel you and, like, wants to, you know, that's not, you know. I'm not famous enough for anybody to give a shit if it's true or not. Oh, but listen, Robin, they're they're trying to cancel me, and I'm less famous than you. So, uh, oh, God. Yeah, it's out there. It's happening. Yeah, it's very out there. You know, know, my first sign that things were getting really screwed up were – when I did, I do the joke about the Chinese baby. Do you know that joke? I go, I go, I go, my mother-in-law, I, I was, a, this is, this is, this speaks to what you're talking about. I go, uh, between my two kids, I wanted to adopt a little girl from China. I was infertile. I said, so I sit down with my mother-in-law and I tell her mom, we're going to adopt a little Chinese baby. And she looks at me and she says, you know, the baby's going to look Chinese. And I go, who talks like that? What are, what are you insane? I go, no, she's not. We're going to find the two Jews that went to Beijing, got into a little trouble, bring back a nice little Jew baby for you. So I do this joke at the show. A woman comes up to me and she puts her hands over my two hands and she says, you are so funny. I enjoyed this show so much. And then she starts to squeeze my hand with this death grip and says, but you're going to knock out that joke about the Chinese baby if you know what's good for you. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and she really started to hurt my hand. I started to get really freaking freaking out. I said, "Please let go of my hand," and she wouldn't. And I, the woman who was running, who the, whose party it was, like said, "Marie, calm down," you know. And she goes, she, "She's," and because she did actually did have a little Chinese girl with her, but I really wasn't noticing it. I really, truthfully, I was just doing my act, and I wasn't putting down well, Chinese kids. Of course, if anyone with any sense would hear that joke and know that the 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 laugh is not at the expense of a Chinese person. The laugh is at the expense of your racist Jewish like, mother. Right. Mother-in-law. Yeah. Mother-in-law. But it's context yeah. and nuance, and we've lost that in this country, Completely. and people don't understand uh, intention anymore. It's like, oh, I, you said Chinese, therefore you're in trouble. Yeah. 
so I used to say, I, I, I used to say to all my friends that when I would talk about writing jokes and if somebody went over the line, I'd say, listen, you can say anything as long as you're on the right side of wrong. You know, as long as you're saying, isn't that horrible that that person said this horribly racist thing? You're okay. No, now you just can't say it at all. They don't want to hear it. It's just forget it. You know, it's just, it's fucked up. And uh, your, I do, your story, last, I was going to say your story sorry. reminds me of Jessica Kirsten's joke about how Jews always come up to her after the show and they feel that they have to be 100% honest. And they'll say, I thought you were very funny. The woman next to me hated you. <laughs> she thought you were dog shit, but I thought you were very funny. You know, I can be in Maryville, Ohio doing a show. And at the end of the show, the one Jew that was there come up and go, I just wanted you to know there are some Jews here in Maryville. I'm one. As if, like, it was very important that I knew the one Jew in the room yes. in case we have to hide together. No, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you joke about your husband a lot in your stand-up. You, you give him the sobriquet Wolfie, not his real name. Okay. How long have you and Wolfie been married now? Uh, it'll be 39 years in um, July. Amazing. And one of your one of the jokes that I've heard you tell is you say, you know how you stay married? You stay married. Yeah, I know nothing about happiness, getting along. Yeah. But I there's a deep truth say, in there, I think. Oh, as a matter of fact, you know, my Aunt Doris, um, a real bitch, but I loved her anyway. Uh, she came up to me before my wedding at my, at my, engage, no, my bridal shower and said, I'm going to tell you the secret of staying married. We just stay married. Too many kids just give up. And I, I, that's, that was the wisdom she gave me. And, uh, and then the joke in my act used to be, um, I used to say the only reason I'm married this long is I hate packing. But, uh, since, since COVID, uh, the joke has changed, uh, Robin, what's your secret? I go, no handguns, no handguns, <laughs> you know, cause, uh, I would have, if I had a handgun, I probably would have killed him by now. I really would have. But so it's what is, hard. well, how do you stay with someone for 39 years? Um, have ADHD, it helps. Because you, you, because I forget that I'm mad at him. <laughs> I can't hold the grudge because I can't remember like what he did to piss me off. I swear to God. I mean, imagine the, that's not a joke. How great dementia will be when that happens. Oh, he, he's already has a little, so that's for sure. But Adam, I swear to you, you can't make this shit up. Last night in the middle of the night, in the at four in the morning, we had an argument where I like left the room and we were yelling at each other at four in the morning. Oh, that's that's he, no good. It's I mean, I he's, he 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 woke me up to tell me I woke him, <laughs> and thus the fun ensued. <laughs> it was crazy. I vey. Yeah, there's I nothing. Know, it's not easy. There's nothing worse than being in bed with someone that you're angry at. That's a terrible feeling. Well, I you know I have this big ass house, so I went into another room, <laughs> and then he plays the game where he comes in, and I fell asleep, and he turns the light on and wakes me, and oh then my leaves God. the room. And, oh yeah, see, we're like two little kids. We made up, though. We made up. Oh, dear. Did yeah. you end up having sex, at least? What is it? Is it, is it wait, 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 wait. Is it, is it, no, it's not his birthday. No, no, no sex. No. <laughs> Once a year for Wolfie. Yeah, no, no, quarterly with the taxes, but we got we got direct deposit now, so sometimes we forget. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is, joke. What is, uh, what's your wish for the new year? Your number one wish, if you could have any wish granted for 2022 uh, that i could that i could wake up and have a facelift and it's all done and i'm healed that's it really <laughs> I mean, that's so selfish it's very selfish oh what you meant for me for the world i mean of course that this uh pandemic would be be over we could all be go back to living 
our somewhat normal lives. That's what I really, I, I really can't decide, decide if I want that or I want Trump to die. Like, which one is the number one? Oh, oh, I could go another year in quarantine if he would die, and I would like him to die of COVID. Yeah, well, I yes, want I want him to die a really long, protracted, painful death. I want him to see the flames of hell flickering for hours before he actually dies. Yeah, but you know, I would like seriously. I would like him to die by fire, and I can think of the people in the building with him. Like I would want Steve Bannon there. You know, I like have a whole you know Ivanka. I would Giuliani. Like, I would like yeah, I'd like a whole bunker burning. Yeah, but, good times. But yeah, no, I you know I pray every day. Uh, I start the day by saying my prayers and, uh, you know, most of it's like very like protect my family and loved ones and, you know, make me feel compassion and um, empathy for other people. But at the end of it, I always say, um, please kill Donald Trump immediately and restore our democracy and please end this pandemic. Every day I pray for that. That's beautiful, Adam. <laughs> that is beautiful. No, that seriously, touching. that's like my... It's very touching. I mean, because usually, I, I know I have to do a morning, I have a morning routine too. And, you know, the first, the first thing I ask for is like, just please don't let me, you know, open up the refrigerator and uh, stay inside all day right? in the refrigerator. But um, I, I, you know, I, I pray, I, I use, but it's very similar to my prayer. Very similar to what I ask for, you know, or, you know, I don't believe in Santa God anymore. You know, I, that's what I used to call it. I want this and I want that. Now it's like, I just. I pray for the ability to handle whatever's put in front of me. Wow. That's profound. Well, yeah. We're, we're going to switch the tone dramatically and play everyone's favorite game. Ask me no questions. Hit it, oh, JB. I don't know about this. Me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. I actually had to go back and listen to your first appearance uh, on the ass back in 2018 to make sure I didn't repeat any of the questions. Um, okay. So these are just silly questions I'm going to fire at you. Ready? Here we go. What's yeah. the sexiest part of a man's body? face oh interesting what's the worst thing another comedian has ever said or done to you oh not not included me like you know just not included me and like like when, like when i was when i'd be marginalized like I, let's not talk to the old lady we're comics like they didn't realize that i was like you know one of them because you know i was like the mom returning back to college in the comedy club right <laughs> you know that yeah that's what i yeah what's the best advice your mother ever gave you Oh God! Hold your stomach in. No. <laughs> Forever. No. She. My mother. Best advice my mother ever gave me. Um. I don't know, Adam. Uh. Oh. Hmm. It's very telling that you can't think of any. It is very telling. It's a. This. This. Yeah. Very. My mom was sick a lot of my childhood, so it was. Uh. You know me, the little match girl. Continue. She wasn't doling out bone mows. My, um, no, no. my mother's was uh, your most important day at work is your first day and your last day. Oh, that's good. My mother, I'll give you one. If you if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That's she did say that. No, oh, and you did do that eventually. I did, and I said the same thing to my daughter. It's funny. That's good advice. Um, what's the first joke you ever told on stage? First joke I ever told on stage. Um, probably I'm a housewife. When did I marry a house? Oh, right. That's how you used to open every every show. Yeah. Do you still use that? Yeah. No, my first joke, Adam, so excuse me, is, is I used to come out and go, I'm a trophy wife. I Yeah, I won a piety contest down in Atlantic City. Um, I ate three pies, two of them apple, one pepperoni. That was my first joke. And then you go, fuck you, they were delicious. 
Yes. <laughs> you know, Robin and I used to uh, perform together. We a couple times we performed together in Fire Island, and the first time you brought with you this. A notebook of jokes you had written in the 1970s, long before you ever yes. got on stage. Just <laughs> you would just write jokes, and one one was about a gay guy, and it said in the notebook, "A swish enters the room," <laughs> which in the 1970s was a very nice way to refer to a faggot. I have to say, yes, a swish. That's right. And I don't know where I heard it, or if I made it up, or if I don't know what that was. No, that's what we were called. We were swishes. Oh. Um, then was an eye on the pulse of uh, on the pulse of gayness. There. Well, and it was a really old timey word because I remember Walter Winchell, um, in his columns, would like obliquely refer to certain gay movie stars, and he would say, "Oh, he lives in the Swish Alps." <laughs> you know, that goes <laughs> back to like the thirties. My grandmother used to call gay people he she's. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it was horrible. I didn't like that, so I thought I was like upgrading to switch. I guess. If you hadn't been a comedian, what career would you have liked to try? Oh God! Say, I, no, I couldn't have done it. I wanted. I always wanted to be. I wanted Barbara Streisand's life. That's what I wanted. But um, as a kid, but I, I probably Broadway. You got a better nose, though. Don't thank you. Yeah, I'd probably be. I'd rather. I wanted to be a like in Broadway. I Me too. That was always my dream. Name a comedian who makes you laugh out loud. Wanda Sykes. Really? Mm-hmm. I love Wanda, but I love her more as like an actor or a voice actor. Like her material it doesn't always appeal to me that I much. I just, I just, I just was listening to something of hers recently. So that, that, who makes me laugh? I mean, Joan Rivers always made me laugh. Yeah. Um, we saw her together. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Carson can make me laugh. You know, just watching her. You know, but. She makes me laugh. I love. I really do love people that make you laugh. That you're laughing so hard you don't even remember the joke you're laughing at anymore. They've just like hit some kind of zeitgeist in your soul that just you can't stop it from laughing. And she's done that a few times for me. Yeah, she does that baby baby thing. I like lose my mind. Yeah, Jessica casts a spell. Did you see that video? Uh, She released a TikTok video about. She's like, here's the green room where I'm doing this gig. It was some corporate gig, and she's like, and they've decided to give me books. They've decided to give me hundreds and hundreds of books, and I hope I have time to read them before my set tonight. And there's all these books behind her, just like stacks of books. It's so silly. Um, give us your best joke about the coronavirus, and then we got to end this. The best joke about the coronavirus? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I have a joke about the Oh, I do. Um, my, my, my joke was um, that I'm living at the Plus 55 community now out on the lake, which is not true. I made it all up, and I go uh, from – I said um, – I said, um, from the um, from the uh, committee, the Lakefront Committee, for the sake of everybody's safety, when you uh, paddle your boat on mon- on um, even days, uh, paddle clockwise, and on odd number days, counterclockwise. Stupid. And I list all these crazy rules that they have because of Corona. Like when you play tennis, please make sure you initial your balls before you come to the court. <laughs> you know, really stupid stuff. And then I go, the Finney, the Finney Thin Club is going to be meeting outside of the Crack Shack. You don't want to lose. You don't want to gain those Corona twenty pounds. Those Corona nineteen. I don't remember the shit. And I said, I said, I on the other hand will be meeting at the Fatty Fat Club at Krispy Kreme on Route Four. So um, it's stupid, just that's it's hilarious. Stupid. Good Thank stuff, you. Robin. I'm so glad you're I still you writing, guys. still keeping your chin up. How can people follow you on the uh, the social media? On social media, I'm at um, Robin Fox uh, and on Facebook and Robin Fox on um, uh, on the on the uh, Instagram. 
And uh, that's about it. And who that's named you? Who named you the mother of all stand-up comics? Adam Sank, my my comedy son, my little comedy son. That's right. I can't believe Adam, you're a grown-ass adult. I'm <laughs> I'm little... fifty, Robin. How old does that make you're, you? You're you're old. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I have to. I, my fake age got old. Anyway, I'm. But I love you, Adam. I love you too. I, yeah. Thank you You're so much for doing the show. You. Thank you so much. Have a, have a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and stay healthy. And stay yes, well. and a happy Hanukkah to you. Yes, bye-bye. Thank bye-bye, you honey. for having me. Steve and bye. JB, please plug yourselves. I am Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook and Cub Mexi on Instagram. I am Stocking Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you both so much. We're back next week with Joanne Filan co-hosting and our special guest, Cynthia Lee Fontaine from RuPaul's Drag Race. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and especially on Instagram at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. We'll see you live in 2022. Bye. Bye.